0: let us pray then daniel answered and said before the king let thy gifts be to thyself and give thy rewards to another yet i will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation daniel five seventeen. dear heavenly father through today's reading i can see that the writing is on the wall It is evident that through the life of King Belshazzar that you desire nothing less than my complete devotion as I live my life. I declare that I will not give in to drunkenness of pleasure and self-gratification. I will not choose short-term satisfaction in exchange for long-term pain. Therefore, I will set my priorities on things above. I will dedicate my life to honor you in all that I do, Lord. I choose to activate the same willpower that Daniel possessed when he had the choice to choose the riches of this world, but chose the riches of your word instead. Daniel understood that it is better to be blessed by the Lord than to compromise for the blessings of man. With all of this truth in Daniel 5, I make the conscious choice to live it out through my life. In Jesus name. Amen. Listening to these daily prayers strengthens your relationship with God. Continue hearing from the Lord by listening to Today's Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleinAYear.com.
1: The Writing on the Wall. In our last story, we witnessed the madness of King Nebuchadnezzar. He fled like a beast to the wilderness and lived on the land for seven years. In that time, the great tyrant king was reduced to the identity of a mere animal. It was humbling, he needed to truly see God with a clear and sober mind. Nebuchadnezzar then ruled with righteousness to the end of his days and leaned on Daniel for guidance. In this story, we get a glimpse into the character of Nebuchadnezzar's son, Belshazzar. Unlike his father, he lacks discipline and courage. However, he inherits the pride of his father, and it proves to be his downfall. God will send him a special message, a message of doom and judgment, inspired by the book of Daniel.
2: You know you've got a comeback in you when you take the next step. In our previous episode, we heard of King Nebuchadnezzar's seven years of madness, living like a beast in the wild until he humbled himself before God. His journey to faith was a long one with ups and downs, successes and failures, just as our journeys often are. But in the end, he did surrender his life to God and serve the Lord as a righteous king until the end of his days. What a turnaround. Today, we will meet a new king. Nebuchadnezzar's son and successor, Belshazzar. Though he will struggle with pride just as his father did, Belshazzar's heart will not bend to God and he'll never be the righteous ruler his father lived to be. God will once more speak to the ruler of Babylon, this time not through dreams, but in a public spectacle that terrified everyone who saw it. It is a riveting story. Let's listen to the reading of God's word.
1: The age of King Nebuchadnezzar had faded into history. The tyrant king had conquered nearly all of the known world and taken captive every surrounding nation under his boot. However, all men, no matter how strong, ultimately returned to dust. So Nebuchadnezzar passed, and along with him, the reverence for the God of Israel. His son Belshazzar became king in his place. Belshazzar was a wily man, He loved to drink and revel rather than battle and conquer. He rested comfortably on the bed of his father's accomplishments. The god of heaven and earth was but one god of many to him. He would soon learn to know and fear him. One day Belshazzar made a large feast for thousands of his lords and leaders. Together they drank and sang. They soaked in every single pleasure they could come up with. They withheld nothing from themselves. Belshazzar was surrounded by thousands of his friends, wives, concubines, and prostitutes. Flirting with every form of debauchery, Belshazzar ordered for the golden vessels his father had taken from Jerusalem to be brought. These vessels were taken from the temple before it was destroyed, and Belshazzar used them to fill his gut with more wine and exotic drinks. Belshazzar and his companions danced and drank the night away but the festivities were abruptly interrupted by a strange figure on the palace walls. Belshazzar wiped his eyes to make sure what he was seeing was real. Then he looked over to his companions. They were all staring at the same image. What appeared to be a human hand was hovering over the palace wall. Its fingers were writing into the plaster walls strange words. All color left the king's face as he watched the hand methodically write a message. "'Enchanters!' he yelled. He called for the wise men of Babylon to come and inspect the strange writing. "'Whoever can decipher this writing on the wall will be the third ruler in my kingdom!' the king shouted. Magicians, enchanters, and wise men from the nation came to the king and inspected the words written on the wall. Yet they could not understand the writing, nor come up with an interpretation." King Belshazzar's mother watched as her son grew mad over the words. She remembered his father being tormented by similar issues, messages given yet not understood. She approached her son and said, "'In the days of your father, he too was disturbed with strange messages. "'In his day, a man of light and wisdom stood beside your father to guide him in these matters.' "'He can interpret dreams, solve riddles, and possesses an understanding beyond all the wise men here. "'Call for that man named Daniel.' "'It had been a while since Daniel stepped foot in the palace walls. "'He had grown close to King Nebuchadnezzar and counseled him often in matters of the heart. "'However, since his son assumed the throne, Daniel had been forgotten. "'He looked at King Belshazzar. "'He looked like his father, yet lacked his strong presence.' He was weaker, more anxious, and clearly more given to strong drink. Daniel stood before the king and gave a slight bow. You are Daniel, one of the Judean exiles, are you not? The king asked. Daniel nodded and gave a slight smile. I heard you possess the spirit of the gods. Tell me, can you read what has been written on my wall? If you can, I shall shower you with great gifts and influence. Daniel shook his head. Please keep your gifts to yourself, my king. I do not need them. However, I will tell you what the writing means. Daniel made his way to the wall. He ran his hands against the plaster and inspected it carefully. Well, Belshazzar snapped impatiently, what does it mean? Before Daniel read to him the writing, he turned and spoke. Daniel looked at him intently. My king, your father was a great and mighty man. He conquered many kingdoms, and he kept nothing from himself. This made him proud. However, he was eventually humbled by the God of heaven and earth, the God of Israel. You share your father's pride, but you have not yet shared in his humility. Daniel spoke with authority. Belshazzar was taken back by Daniel's forwardness. Daniel looked back at the wall and said, Mini, Mini, Tekel, and Parson. The king was confused. What does it mean, he asked timidly. Mini, Daniel said. God has limited your days as king. They are numbered and they are coming to an end. Daniel placed his hand on the second word. Tekel, you have been judged and weighed. Your worth is not what you thought it was. The king began to worry as Daniel spoke. He continued. Parson. Your kingdom is going to be divided and given to another. The Medes and the Persians. Despite the king's fear of losing his kingdom, he knew he needed to reward Daniel. He made him ruler over a third of his kingdom. Daniel was clothed in purple and given a gold chain to be worn around his neck. After this, the king retreated to his bed to sleep in peace. That night, there was a stirring in the city. Like a rising tide, the Persians swept up the city of Babylon. It was a silent yet brutal overtaking. Swords were slid across the throats of Babylonian men. Before Belshazzar could wake up to the news that his city had been captured, he had a dagger driven into his side. He lay there lifeless as the bed soaked with his blood. Standing over him was King Darius the Mede under Persia.
2: We begin today's reading with a changing of power. Nebuchadnezzar reached the end of his life having lived the last part of his reign as a humble, God-fearing king. The empire that he built was vast. The lands he conquered stretched throughout the known world. It's into this incredibly wealthy and prosperous kingdom that his son, Belshazzar, stepped in to rule. Sadly, the new king did not share his father's commitment to the God of Israel. Belshazzar looked much more like the Nebuchadnezzar of old, given to pride and living for his own pleasure and glory. He enjoyed all the spoils of war his father had amassed and spent much of his time drinking and partying with his friends. Belshazzar did not acknowledge the Lord as the one and only God, but he went further. He actively disrespected the Lord, taking golden goblets brought from the temple in Jerusalem and using them at his drunken parties to praise the false gods. As we've seen again and again, God is a patient God, a loving God, but ultimately does not allow mockery of his house and his name to go unanswered. The Bible says, God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. What happened to Belshazzar is truly shocking. In the middle of one of his parties, everyone witnessed something like a hand scrawling on a wall leaving unrecognizable writing for all to see. The king was arrogant and foolish, but not impervious to fear. And what he saw absolutely terrified him. The color drained from his face, and his knees were knocking against each other. So he summoned someone, anyone, who could interpret the writing to give him insight. But just as his father experienced with his dreams, none of the pagan magicians or diviners had a clue. They were at a total loss, but the king's wife remembered the man Nebuchadnezzar had made chief among all the seers and wise men of the nation. His name, Daniel. Daniel was certainly the man for the job. God had kept him there for a reason and sustained him, and when he was called upon, Daniel was ready to serve again. He had no interest in any of the rewards the king offered, but he agreed to interpret the writing. He then told the king that Nebuchadnezzar had once been just like him, powerful yet proud. God had humbled him, and he turned to God and had been restored. And then Daniel said, as we read in Daniel five twenty-two and 23, But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven." While we don't know if Nebuchadnezzar actively shared his faith with his children, we do know that he provided an example at the end of his life. He did make God's name known, and Belshazzar had a choice to make. He could follow God or follow his own way. He chose his own pride and in his arrogance rejected God. There's no more dangerous place in your life than the place that Belshazzar found himself. You have set yourself up against the Lord. God has no rival. He has no equal. No matter how powerful a man may be or how vast a kingdom he may rule, God is the ruler of all rulers. He's the God above all. And he was about to show this to Belshazzar. The news Daniel gave him was tragic. God had numbered Belshazzar's days. His kingdom was going to come to an end, and it would be divided between the Medes and the Persians. Daniel was given a third of the kingdom to rule. God was keeping him in a position of influence because there was work yet to be done in that place. But what about Belshazzar and his kingdom? That very night, the Persians attacked and overtook Babylon. The king was killed in his bed by Darius the Mede. We'll learn more about the new king, the next time we're together. Dear God, we thank you for including this startling revelation in your word. We know that you will not be mocked, and we can never stand against you. May your sovereign and supreme power rule in our hearts through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We commit our ways to you. We do trust in you. We thank you for the cross of the Lord Jesus and the resurrection, and we believe and receive you as our Savior and Lord. We humble ourselves before you, and we thank you for your grace in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Let me encourage you to download the Pray.com app and make Bible study and prayer a real priority in your life. And if you are enjoying this podcast, share it with someone you know, someone you care about, because sharing God's Word has a powerful impact upon people's lives. And if you want more resources as to how you can find faith, grow in your faith, develop as a disciple and follower of Jesus, be sure to visit me at jackgraham.org. We have plenty of resources that will encourage you and equip you for life. God bless you.
0: This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality.
3: Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos! Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products.